So here it is at last, London's very own cycle hire scheme. I'm Helen Pidd and this is the Bike Podcast coming to you from Westminster in the heart of London on the happy day that Boris Johnson launches his hotly anticipated public bike hire scheme for the capital. So you'll be delighted to hear that this month we're dedicating all of the show to the scheme. We'll be reviewing the bikes, looking at the cost and giving you our definitive view on it, along with Peter Walker from the Bike Blog. Yes, and we're also going to be calling on the expertise of some other Guardianistas, including the legendary Guardian cycle guru Max Seaton and our eco-warrior Leo Hickman and many, many others. So let's start with a look back at how we got here. Uh, my name is Dave Hill and I write for The Guardian about London issues. The uh, history of the cycle hire scheme in London really begins with Ken Livingston, Boris Johnson's predecessor. He went to Paris in 2007, I believe, and saw their scheme, it's called the Valib scheme, working and thought, this is a good idea. And by the start of 2008, uh, he'd uh, set out plans for a London scheme. And I'm delighted you're here to see the launch of a major new programme. Now that was just before the 2008 mayoral election and Boris in his manifesto also had uh, a plan for a cycle hire scheme. I make no secret of being absolutely passionate about cycling. I want others to share my passion and so I'd like to spend just a few minutes updating you. It hasn't been completely plain sailing. After numerous advertising campaigns... Originally, the scheme was supposed to begin in May. It's been a little bit delayed. And the start of it is going to be kind of staggered. It means that only people who want to sign up as members and get a special key that makes life a bit more easy and convenient for them will be able to start hiring the bike straight away. The rest of us will have to start at about four weeks' time. But we're assured that it'll all be in order. We'll soon find out, won't we? Boris rather optimistically imagined that it will all be paid for by the private sector. It hasn't worked out quite that way, but Boris has managed to, in a sense, subsidise the scheme by getting Barclays to sponsor it, £25 million over a five-year period. Um, the last figures that I'm aware of having been released for how much we're going to have to pay for it was about £114 million. I imagine the Barclays money will maybe make some sort of a hole in that. Of course, Barclays' involvement in financial terms is very welcome and it does mean that the bikes and everything and everybody that's got anything at all to do with them has got Barclays written all over them. Contactless technology from Barclay Card, making payments simpler. Which may or may not be an incentive to make use of the scheme. So we are in the heart of Westminster on Abbey Orchard Street, which is just around the corner from Westminster Abbey. We've located a docking station. It looks a bit like a bus stop, but it's got the blue logo on it. So let's have a look at one. They're about waist height if you're quite a small person. But how do you actually get one out? Well, you've got a slot for your membership key. So you put your oh, membership right, okay. key into Hold there. Second, let me get it out. I'm so sad. I already, on the first day you could, I paid my £45 access. Here we go. All right. So I just put this in the slot. And there's a series of buttons you press. We've got a green light. I'm going to take out the... (laughs) It's quite a momentous occasion. Oh, crikey. I just rung the bell by accident. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it took a little bit of brute force. They kind of look like a cross between very, very heavy normal bikes and kind of exercise bikes. Everything is uh, encased in, in, in plastic. I presume so it can't be uh, damaged. And they look like they weigh a ton, frankly. But, um, I, mean, I quite like it. It's a lady cyclist. I'm wearing a skirt today. It's a 
relatively high heels. I think, you, you know, you can step on and off without the world seeing your knickers. I mean, it's been mentioned <laughs> before. I think the big mistake is there's no basket. Where there's, am I going to do in my handbag? There's a kind of ledge which has got a kind of elastic bungee strap on it. But my guess is if there's a weakness in his bikes, which is going to be broken first, it's going to be these bungee straps. And then, of course, famously in Tory blue, although Boris would say it's a Barclays <laughs> blue. So we've all been rather superficial so far. We've talked about the colour, all of the kind of whistles and bells on the bike. But the one thing we haven't discussed is price. Um, so we've called on one of our consumer experts at The Guardian to run us through exactly how much this is going to cost. So I'm Jill Inslee. I'm head of consumer at The Guardian. And why don't we take a look at the cost of this scheme? When I first looked at them, I thought it was incredibly expensive, but it actually depends on who you are as a user. To access the scheme, you have to pay a one-off fee, which is either £1 for a 24-hour period, £5 for seven days, or £45 for the whole year. In addition, you'll need to buy a key to unlock the bike for £3. Now, that's not so bad. It's when you get to the actual usage charges that you could actually start clocking up quite a big bill. So the idea of the scheme is to keep people using it just for very short periods so that there are bikes available for everyone to use when they want it. So the first 30 minutes is free, that's great. Up to one hour is one pound, which is also quite reasonable and much cheaper than going on the tube or a bus. But then it really starts escalating very quickly. And if you use your bike for an hour and a half, it's four pounds. If you're using it for up to six hours, it can cost 35 pounds and up to 24 hours, it's 50 pounds. So clearly this is aimed at people who either know where they're going in London and they know it's gonna take less than half an hour, or for tourists who just want to pot around for a little bit. But the really big costs come if you return the bike late. If you do that, you're going to be looking at forking out 150 quid. However, where I think the bike scheme has gone wrong is that they're only charging £300 for non-return of the bike. And these are pretty nice bikes. I suspect they might find quite a lot of them disappearing for good. And we're off. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> a surprising turn oh, of racing ahead. in a cab like that. Wait for me! Go. Matthew Parker Street. Is that Westminster Abbey? I think we go left Should down go here. Left, it should be oh. We are winding our way around Westminster. We're on Horse Guards Parade. It was a bit too scary going along Whitehall. Um, what do you think, Peter? What are your first impressions? I think riding a nice smooth road like this is actually a very comfy ride. The, the saddle's quite high, but it feels quite nice. We've got really, really thick tyres, so it's a very smooth ride. Um, the, the, the gears are a reasonably nice spread. I mean, you're not going to be setting any speed records on these things, but even the most inexperienced cyclist should be able to ride up any uh, hill. The, 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 the brakes arguably feel a little bit soft. But... I think they're a bit rubbish. I wouldn't want to have to do an emergency stop. If I try now, look, it oh. took me a few seconds and I hadn't even stopped. And you were doing almost no speed whatsoever. <laughs> I was going about five miles an hour. No, probably about seven actually. But they are very weighty things, which means that they're quite difficult to get going. But once you get going, they actually feel quite nice, don't they? Did you uh, like it? I do. It feels like a tourist bike. You're really upright. You can enjoy. Look, we're just going past the uh, cabinet war rooms. Oh, you know, you very can, nice. You know, got St James's Park on the other side of the road. We're actually being like tourists, aren't we? It's lovely. This is a bike for poodling around. It's not to set any speed records. That's definitely for sure. But you know, given what it is, it feels fairly bomb-proof, and it looks like it. You know, it, it, it does its job fairly well, doesn't it? Well, we're going to give these bikes a good ride through town, but of course, it's not just about what we think. We hooked up John Snow with Transport for London to try out these bikes for himself. They look rather large to me. 
but they won't be big enough for me, I guess. They look um, quite, I mean, nice, but a trifle clunky. No, they look better than the French, actually, to be honest. Presumably the thinking that goes into this is you've got to make parts that aren't nickable. I mean, I don't think I could get these handlebars off in a hurry, and I'm not sure I could get the wheels off either. Uh, What about lock? Is there a lock? Um, well, no, I mean, the, the, the point is oh, you, you're going to use them for, for short journeys so you can go from point to point and lock them at the docking station that you finish your journey at. What uh, happens if you want to stop somewhere before the docking station? Well, there's plenty of docking stations. You're never going to be that far away from what you So if I suddenly feel I want to get my Guardian mm-hmm. and I want to go into a newsagent, are you sure there'll be a docking station near enough to make... You know cyclists are idle buggers. You're probably five to ten minutes walk away from any... Docking a cyclist walking five ah, to ten minutes. But if you just let me finish, you're also probably um, only probably a couple of minutes walk away from the nearest uh, news agency. Okay, shall we go? I hope to see you in one piece. Uh, me in one piece, that is, uh, in about half an hour. So we'll find out later on what John Snow thinks of the bikes. But in the meanwhile, we're going through Horse Guard Parade. Right, we're right in the middle of tourist centre. Oh, they're changing the guards. Well, this coach's better than my racing bike from Gravel. Oh, we've been told to get off the bikes. We cycled through here last time. Which way? Oh, crikey. We've Just speaking to us like got we're our first uh, traffic violation of the day. I think that that policewoman's going to be very busy once this scheme is fully up and running. Well, while we continue our sightseeing tour, let's hear how the rest of London is getting along with these bikes. Uh, what have we done so far? So I've got, I've got a key, I've activated the key, I've put the key into the slot, it's flashing with a green light and uh, the bike doesn't appear to release. Uh, I'm just trying to find out where all the other bike parks are and can I shorten my commute to work, which is just on the other side of the river. So just I think some of the signage needs to be clearer about where you can, because I don't want to end up sat outside my office with a bike that I can't do uh, do anything with. Well, I was just trying it out then for size. It's nice. It's, like, it's quite sort of nice ladies bike. I've got my key. I'm very excited. I've got a toggle for the bike. I haven't actually got on it yet because I haven't managed to activate it, which requires some computer thing I haven't done. But what I've been checking is whether I could secure my briefcase to the magazine rack, which I can. Um, they look a bit strange, to be honest. They look a bit heavy. So it's flashing yellow, which I think means weight. Oh, I've come in from Winchester. I cycled on my bike from home to Winchester. I got the train, and now I'm going to cycle on a bike to uh, the office. But don't tell my wife, she doesn't like me cycling in London. But hopefully with all these more cyclists, it'll be a lot more safer than it, than it has been. the big question Peter is who do you think is actually going to hire these bikes well once it's fully working so you can just turn up with a bank card and get one out um, I think it's going to be a mixture it's obviously aimed partly at tourists but I think a lot of people will be people say for example who are in town who might be going from business appointment to business appointment it's a nice dry day they're thinking well rather than sitting on a bus mm. I could get there it's only two miles away much more quickly on a uh, bike um, so hopefully it'll be a mixture of locals and tourists I would imagine it's mainly going to be um, locals, because I think quite a few tourists might find the London traffic a bit scary. Oh, look, this chap over here is admiring our bikes. Um, hello, sir. What do you think of these fine machines? I like them very much, except for the fact that they're a rolling advertisement for a bank. No, I think it's fabulous. I live around the corner, so I hope to be using them very shortly. So is th- Should we try and cross over? I mean, it's going to be quite tricky, but... Oh, brilliant. So we are looking at... Oh, I'm just crossing the road in front of Westminster Abbey. I mean, this is the sort of thing that tourists are doing. It's a little bit tricky, isn't it? I know. We're right in the middle of a huge road. You, you want to kind of look up and gawp at the towers. Uh, 
So, so far we've mainly heard from cycling enthusiasts, um, but what are these bikes like to ride for people who haven't actually been on two wheels since they passed the cycling proficiency test, do you think? Well, we've sent out Leo Hickman, the Guardian's eco-warrior, to have a go. Um, I'm Leo Hickman and I'm an environmental journalist um, at The Guardian and I'm here outside St Pancras Station after just having had a little play with the new London cycle hire bikes. I have to admit, even though I write about the environment a lot for the paper and for the website, I haven't actually had much experience of cycling, particularly through um, an urban environment such as London. It was good fun. I had a lot of, it was a little bit rainy when I went out and I was a little bit um, nervous and had a bit of trepidation about whether I was going to sort of skid into sort of oncoming traffic or something like that. One of my first thoughts on getting on the bike was that I wasn't being made to wear a helmet. So I, I set off, you know, on my little journey across Westminster Bridge and over, you know, along the South Bank. And to be honest, it is quite an intimidating experience for a first-time cyclist in London, which is why I'm a, I have a little bit of reservation about what tourists might make of it. Whether it's going to you know, transform London's sort of environmental credentials, I'm not entirely convinced. I think it will be a good bit of fun for tourists, I think for people nipping from you know, little one-mile journeys across central London, I think it will be good fun. But I, I would be surprised if it makes anything more than small, single percentage figure differences in terms of, say, certainly in terms of car use. I can't really see people coming out of the car to use it. I think, if anything, it's going to replace people already using public transport. So it might get a few people off the tube and off buses, but I, I can't really see people being persuaded to come out of their cars. So Leo brings up the question of safety. And is it really responsible, do you reckon, putting inexperienced cyclists out onto the mean streets of London? That's a kind of tricky one. I guess you have to argue that these are going to be adults using them. Um, and they're going to have to assess the risks for themselves. I mean, there's no bike helmets which come with these, uh, mainly just because it would be an impossible system to try and rent out a bike helmet at the same time. I just think, because it's a bike, I mean, tourists uh, who maybe drive usually on the right-hand side of the road come over to Britain and they rent a car and immediately drive on the, on the left. With something like this, they're just going to have to be careful. And I imagine in the first few weeks or months, there will be a few tourists knocked off or, you know, God forbid, even squashed. And I think there will be quite a few headlines about this. But people are just going to have to be careful and if they're not sure about a junction maybe just get off and push. I mean, as a tourist coming to London for the first time would you want to ride one of these things? Well we're standing outside Westminster Abbey it's absolutely crawling with tourists I'm just going to go and ask one. And where are you from? Spain. You're from Spain all yeah. oh, right so there's a bike scheme in Barcelona isn't there where you can well, ride? Well I'm from Seville we have it in Madrid as well. And what do you think about London as a city to cycle in? Would you feel safe on one of these bikes on the mean streets uh, of London? I think there are too many cars and too many taxis and buses as well. How are you travelling around London at the moment? Walking and buses, taking buses. So would you feel brave enough? Would you feel safe hiring uh, a bike? I think I wouldn't take a bike here. <laughs> yeah. So, you've heard what we think about the bikes. Let's see how Jon Snow is getting on. Uh, this is definitely what you would call sit up and beg. I'm about to kill somebody here. I've just missed them. Wow. Yes, the Boris Barco bike. It's barking like Boris. I tell you something, it's geared for city stuff because I'd like another few notches up on this and get some serious speed up. Yeah. 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 
I know, I've got the old bill are going to be after me. 25 million quid Barclays has spent on this sponsorship. They get a sort of nameplate on the, what, what used to be a sort of uh, mudguard thing for ladies with Edwardian dresses. Well, I, I'm now going to do a sort of proper review of this thing. It's actually an extremely comfortable ride. It's very, very good, actually. Seriously, I mean, I, I, I had, shall I be honest? I've come out here to knock this machine. And to be absolutely honest, it's an extremely nice ride. Mind you, it's in apple pie order. I'd like to know, you know the French ones are really in a very bad way now, many of them. Well, I, I have to vote it a success. Uh, you've got the right machine. Whether you've got the right strategy in terms of where these docking bays are going to be, will only, only time will tell. But it's, it, it, it's a good device, and it's a great initiative. And, uh, you know, bonkers, whatever. Boris, you've done well. Well, a big thumbs up then from John Snow for Boris. Now, over to you now. Where have you been going on your Boris Barco bike today? We took one from close by to where we live, by Blackfriars, and took it out to Tower Bridge. Well, all I've done is get the bike out and come for a cup of tea, and then I'm going to return the bike, and it's half an hour and it's free. Half an hour with no cost is perfect, absolutely perfect. I'm actually a new cyclist. Like, this is like my first time really actually going on a bike. It's a little bit heavy, but it's very light to ride. It's pretty good, I'm, I'm impressed. It's pretty heavy, but the gears work well. There's a light on the back. Really, really good, very impressed. My only concern, because this is my first ride, is whether there's going to be a docking station at the other end, but it seems promising at the moment. So we've been cycling for almost 25 minutes now, and uh, We've barely seen one docking station. This is going to be a problem. If the clock's ticking, you know, we've got, we've got 10 minutes to get it back before we get charged extra money. You'd be money. to kind of panic a bit, wouldn't you? And I guess that's one of the problems with the scheme. There's not nearly as many docking points as there are, say, in no, Paris. No, no, no. Well, can we go to a left, onto yeah, yeah. a big road? Blur. And And London's quite a big city. So it's going to be the sort of thing, you either carry a map with you, or you just learn where all the docking stations are. Yeah. I guess if you're a tourist, it's going to be quite tricky, isn't it? The other flaw in the plan, and they say they've done this deliberately, is they've chosen not to put any docking stations at the main railway station, which just seems absolutely crazy. In case too many people use the bikes, apparently. Peter, are we going to go right across here? All right, Peter, so we've discussed the bikes, but there's more, isn't there? Boris isn't content with launching one massive cycling project uh, within the space of one month. He's got another one, these cycle superhighways. Indeed, in the future, there's going to be 12 of them. There's currently only two of them which are finished, both of which go from South London into the centre of London. They're essentially big patches of blue painted along the side of the road, and they're meant to be dedicated bike lanes along busy commuter routes. And these are aimed more at people who live in London, so they can take their own bikes, probably, rather than one of these, and cycle safely on a reasonably designated bike route into the uh, centre of town. And I'm about to cycle off and try one out. Right, well, I've just uh, cycled part of the way across town, uh, and I'm standing um, on the very edge of the slightly uh, grandly named Cycle Superhighway 7, which is one of two which is open now. This is the one that goes north to south from Merton in the far south of London uh, over Southwark Bridge into the, uh, into the city. And I'm standing near the kind of northern edge, close to the bridge. Um, and it initially looks almost quite nice because there's some nice broad blue lanes, uh, freshly painted. The surface all looks very smooth and there's actually quite a few bikes on it. There is, however, one glaring problem and that's the fact that there's cars and trucks which are parked in certain sections of the lane. Well, I'm going to try and take a ride on the Cycle Super uh, Highway, which is something that probably sounds much more exciting than it is. Um, and I'll try and speak to a few uh, users as I go. 
Um, is this a regular route that you use? Uh, yes, it is. I cycle from Kennington to Canary Wharf uh, every workday. And do you find your, your cycling experience is, is made better by the, uh, by the blue paint? Well, actually, I do. Oh, yes, really? yes, oh, I do. I think it makes all road users much more aware of cycling. Uh, I've pulled over another Cycle Superhighway 7 uh, user. Um, do you find your, work, your riding's work is, 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 is nicer now? Uh, the lanes are a bit wider. I don't really see there's much change in priority or anything. Do you, I don't do know if it's meant to be or what. Do you, do, you, do you find cars treat you with a bit more respect, do you think? Um, as, as a huge truck really. goes past, yeah. Not really, no. Alright, wonderful. Thanks very much. Enjoy your ride. So we made it back, hurrah, within our 30 minute time limit. We're just heading up the road to Guardian Towers. Rather inconsiderately, Transport for London didn't site a docking station right outside our offices, so we've had to walk up the road. But we're just heading into the Guardian now, through these swivelly doors, and into the sanctuary. This is what a left-wing newspaper sounds like. We're just going to go up the escalator and into the studio to talk a little bit more about this scheme and what it means for London. We're going to be joined by Matt Seaton, who, as hopefully you already know, is the Guardian's resident bike nut, and we'll be joined on the phone by Lizzie Davis, who's our Paris correspondent. She should hopefully be able to tell us how a similar scheme has gone down in the French capital. Bonjour. Is that Lizzie? Hey, Helen, how are you? (laughs) Fine, thank you. Welcome to the Bike Podcast. Thank you. So, we've carried out a very thorough road test of the bike, so let's get a little bit more philosophical and, and talk about whether Boris's bike scheme is really going to change the way Londoners feel about London and the way people navigate the city. Um, last spring, Boris said, no longer will pedal power have to dance and dodge around petrol power. What do you think, Matt? Is he dreaming? Can plonk- plonking 6,000 bikes on the streets of London really change the makeup of the city? Well, Boris is a talented wordsmith as ever. You know, it's definitely a step in the right direction and maybe it's symbolically important. But, uh, you know, Boris has got some convincing to do still. What, so do you think it's sort of all surface, perhaps not enough substance? It looks flashy and glitzy, but... Well, I mean, I think it's great that he's, you know, he inherited the scheme, I suppose. And and it is great that he delivered it rather than cancelling it. But I think in many ways, you know, it's a sort of classic conservative dilemma for, for, you know, for a Tory mayor, which is that, you know, you don't really like state intervention. And, and yet in transport, how can you, you know, a, a free market on the roads is just totally dysfunctional. So you've got to intervene and make changes and can't just leave it to the market. So I think he's a sort of reluctant uh, kind of implementer of this scheme in a certain way. And um, let's cross over to you in Gay Paris, Lizzie. It's the three-year anniversary, is it not, of the um, Velib scheme, the bike rental scheme in Paris. Tell me how yeah. that's worked out. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the Velib scheme started in 2007 over here. And it's interesting what was just being said, because this was... This, this scheme has taken off here and it has all the hallmarks of a kind of interventionist, hands-on French state. It was the, the, the brainchild of the Paris mayor, Bertrand Delanoy, and, and it really has become part of the fabric of the city here, part of people's lifestyles, certainly for young people, for tourists as well. It worked and it was, as, as the French media proclaimed, a vélorussion. Lizzie, but, can I just jump in? It's Matt. I just yeah, wanted to ask course, you yeah. about, I mean, because we've read a lot about, you know, the problems of vandalism and thefts, yeah. especially in the early days. Has that essentially gone away now? Or is that a kind of ongoing no. problem that they no, still have to deal I with? Would- 
yeah, I would say that the authorities are fighting an ongoing and possibly futile war. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot the bike, you know, I, I haven't got the figures to hand, but the bikes are having to be replaced at, at, at quite a quite a formidable rate, um, and it has led to financial problems. But I think it's testament to how much the bikes are appreciated by the average Parisian now, and how smoothly they've fitted into the li- to the life of the city. That that that. Uh, that the authorities are wedded to the idea, um, and despite the vandalism, despite the financial problems, they are enlarging the scheme rather than minimising it. You know, they're pressing far ahead. We've had a, a scheme unveiled earlier this year for the next four years of, of the Veli project, which envisages, envisages it uh, spreading out into the suburbs, more uh, more docking stations, more cycle lanes. Uh, it's, it really seems to be going from strength to strength. Mm, and you talked about theft and vandalism. I mean, London is notorious for bike mm. theft. I mean, mm. Peter, what? How? If if when I've asked um, Transport for London, what? How are you going to stop these bikes getting nicked? They say, oh well, you know, you sort of effectively pay a deposit of three hundred pounds. You have to have a credit card. If the bike goes missing, you pay three hundred pounds. Is that going to be enough <sighs> of a deterrent? I don't honestly know. I mean. Personally, I wouldn't like to have £300 taken off my debit card for one of those bikes, but maybe there's people who, who will, or people who kind of ride them home drunk and forget to put them in a docking station and think, oh, you know, just take the uh, hit. I think vandalism is going to be the bigger problem because um, there's going to be a lot of bikes just being left at docking stations, obviously during the middle of the night, and even people who don't ride them might, I don't know, you know, kind of take a kick them as, as, they, as they walk past. Vandalism seems to be quite a London thing, and I hope not. And, you know, when we, when we tried the bikes uh, earlier, they're pretty bomb-proof things. I think, like in London, it's going to be a similar experience to Paris. It's going to be an ongoing battle. And there will be lots of press horror stories about, you know, half the bike fleet going missing overnight or a third being vandalised. Ending up at the bottom of the Thames. Exactly. Yeah. But I think I mean, it's something the organisers will just have to work with. There is an interesting angle to that in France, which I will be keeping an eye on out to see if it happens in Britain as well, which is that there was a kind of class warfare that went on with the Vellies in Paris. <laughs> oh, really? Although they're very popular, and I would say they are used by a, by a large spread of the population, they're seen as being the bastion of the bobo, which is the kind of much loathed bourgeois bohemian, kind of young, trendy types who live in the northeast of Paris. And they're seen as being their possessions, and, that, and much of the vandalism, according to investigators, has that at its root. It will be interesting if, to see if, it, if they're viewed as kind of Boris's middle-class bikes or not. Mm-hmm. You two in the studio, gentlemen, do you think that London is going to change as a result of, these, of the bike scheme? I, it, I don't think it's big enough now to have any significant impact. I don't think there's enough bikes, I don't think there's enough docking stations. Mm. I think it's going to add to this progressive and currently quite gradual shift of London towards being... Uh, if not a more cycling-friendly city, certainly a city where there's more cyclists seen on the streets. I don't know, I mean, did you have any worries about this, Matt? Well, I, I was going to say that I thought, you know, I mean, I think Liz is absolutely right about Paris being a kind of more compact metropolitan area, where which you can kind of, you know, conquer with the bike in a kind of more total way. I don't really expect this scheme. I think it'll make the centre of town more civilised, but I don't really expect it to make, you know, inroads into the, into the burbs. TfL have said that they're going to hopefully expand outside Zone 1, go out into the suburbs. There's some suggestion they might go east before west. I don't know if that's because young people are there. But is this going to be a model for other cities in the UK, do you think, Peter? It would be a nice idea. And frankly, a lot of other cities in Britain would, on the face of it, seem 
like more fertile ground. I mean, the problem with London is it's just so big and you need so many bikes and so many docking stations to get even a reasonable spread. I would imagine somewhere like Manchester, Edinburgh, something like that would be a slightly easier thing. It'd be nice to think that London bike ice scheme works so well and becomes such an emblem for the city that within a few years, other cities are thinking, well, you know, this, would, uh, this, is, uh, this is great. Let's, let, let's uh, try it. It'd be nice to think this isn't a London only thing. Mm. And what about in France? It's not just Paris, is it, that's got a successful scheme up and running? No, there are several other cities, namely Lyon is the, is the main one that's, that's also taken on, on the bike hire scheme. But they're all on relatively small scales. It's really Paris that has, that has led the way. Paris has, just in terms of figures, it now has around 20,000 bikes on the streets wow. and 1,800 to- in total that's the number of docking stations. That's 1,500 in the centre and 300 in the outskirts oh, so in the suburbs. Six in the times as many as London's going to start with. And I think that's really important because I think that, that the efficient, the efficacité, I was going to say, that the, um, the, the, the reason that this has worked so well is that you can depend on having a bike. You know that if you're, if you're out till late and the, met, the last metro has gone or, and you don't want to get a taxi or there aren't any taxis, you know that within 300 metres there is a docking station and there will be a docking station near your house and you will know that one and if that's full, you'll know the one around the corner and the one after that. Because we, we spent, what, about 20 minutes cycling around earlier in the day with a map of where the docking stations were and we couldn't even track one down. And you but, wouldn't want to be doing that at 11.30 at night on a, no. <laughs> when it's starting to rain or something and exactly, you can't find your docking it. station. But so final question for you, Peter. You've had a go on the bike. You've seen how the docking stations work. Is it going to be a success? What's the Peter Walker verdict? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God. Um, I don't know. I, I sincerely hope so. And any answer I give is going to be influenced and biased an awful lot by the fact I do hope that it, it does work. <sighs> I can certainly see it becoming a success in the sense that more and more people use it. The number of docking stations builds up, the number of bikes builds up, and it just becomes a fabric of London life. I certainly think there'll be a lot of negative headlines in the first few weeks, I think. But, um, you know, if I had to guess, I'd say yes, I think it will be. Well, let's hope so. Okay, that's it for this month. For details of the scheme, visit Transport for London's website. And this month's show was produced by Francesca Panetta. And we'll be back next month reporting back on how this first wobbly month has gone. So until then, bye. Bye.